Get ready to celebrate God's call to go. Here's your weekly dose of heartwarming encouragement for the missionary in all of us. Welcome to Missions Change My Life. Now here's your host, Pastor Kevin. Good morning. This is Pastor Kevin. You're listening to Missions Change My Life podcast. It is Tuesday, February the 16th. Happy Valentine's Day week, everyone. So hopefully by now you've heard of our project of providing groceries to the beautiful women and their families located in the red light district of Mumbai, India. And on our show today, we have a guest that has traveled with Global Hope India, actually served in the red light district, Hunter from Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to Missions Changed My Life. What's up? Thanks for having me. It's good to have you on the show today. I'm hoping that you can help us just walk through the red light district because Everyone's heard about it. If you've traveled internationally, you know that there's those areas of commercial prostitution Mm -hmm. and brothels and and that. And so Mumbai, unfortunately, is known for some of the world's largest uh, section of brothels. And it's been classified as or or named, dubbed the red light district Mm -hmm. of Mumbai. And so we take tourist teams over and we walk through the red light district and we serve. We're going to get to that in just a few minutes, but let's meet Hunter. You've been on the show before. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm I'm glad to have you back on the show. And you can go back to that episode where Hunter uh, shared his testimony and just how missions changed his life. Before we really dive into the Red Light District, give us your heartbeat for missions. Uh, So it's been, what, a year since you or more since you were in India? Obviously, I've not even been in India for the last year. So yeah. when were you last there? It's probably been about a year. Um, let's see, we were in there in 2019, so that mm-hmm. summer. Yeah, the it's summer of 2019. So it's been a year and a half at this point. But obviously, missions was not just a one and done, uh, notch in your belt, so to speak, <laughs> yeah, experience. It's been a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you shared about how missions has changed your life. Give us an update from that episode until now. How is your heart continuing to beat for missions? You know, um, since 2019, it's definitely changed a little bit. Not in the fact that I don't want to do mission work, but just how it looks, considering we've been shut down on a mm-hmm. global pandemic for almost a year now. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely changed in the way that I feel called to do it right now because I can't go overseas or do anything like that. But the Lord has definitely um, given me wisdom and insight to where he wants me to go for next. So um, I, we've talked about this a lot. Seminary is probably my next step. Following that calling and getting to the long term, it's not about what is right in front of my eyes, but it's what God has put over my life, mm-hmm. his missions. So yeah. it's just following the next step. So my next step is seminary, um, just trusting him that he will use that time and uh, that knowledge that I learned there to not only grow closer to him, but to further his goal and his calling in my life for missions. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes a lot of maturity to really realize that uh, missions is a lifetime call. And so there are seasons and you're talking about going into an educational season of pursuing your master's Mm -hmm. at a seminary. Obviously, that might prevent you from being as active in international missions as you have been in the past. But you are certainly 
engaged. Mm -hmm. You're not you're not sitting around waiting for the opportunity to say, Lord, here am I, send me. Even before the show, you were sharing how you and the pastor that we serve there are in regular touch on WhatsApp, mm -hmm. uh, staying connected there. They're in your prayers. So just what is just practical for you as far as how you read the Bible, how you pray, and its impact on international missions? So obviously the Great Commission is the biggest calling for anyone to go overseas and to every Christian that should their goal is to share the gospel. And I mean, you don't have to go overseas to share the gospel. You can share it with right. your neighbor, like we always talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely it's a certain calling. And so whenever I read the Bible, whenever I pray, I always come back to the fact that God is calling me there. Yeah. Um, and whenever it's, I don't know, God will just put things on your heart to pray for. So let me give um, you a question that I was recently asked. Mm -hmm. They said, Pastor, with so much need in the USA, because, I mean, it doesn't take you very far to look around and just see that 2020 was devastating for the USA and yeah. countries all around the world. But with as much need, hunger on the rise in the USA, isn't there enough need at home to not necessarily pay too close attention to international missions at the time. My response was our God is able to do both. I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is your take on that? Yeah. For so, 2021. It's February, 2021. This is where it gets real. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree. I think God can do anything. He's, I mean, he's all knowing, all able God. So um, I don't want to limit him and what he can do. But my personal thing is 90% of our mission workforce stays in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. we've looked at plenty of statistics done by the IMB that they show that. And then probably less than 1% go to the 1040 window. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of them, the 9% that are left, go to places that have heard the gospel, but they're not actively pursuing the gospel. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, it's like, why would, even though we have a need here, if 90% of our workforce is staying here, why would I stay too? Because mm -hmm. if we need, if we know there's a need here, we have 90% of our workforce here, why am I staying to be 90% when I can help with the smaller, um, more minority areas. Yeah. So obviously there's going to be people that hear that and they say, shame on you for not caring about hungry children mm -hmm. in the USA that are hungry today. Yeah. And the issue is not necessarily about hunger. God absolutely loves hungry people and mm -hmm. wants us to feed them. Yeah. There is no argument about any of the US programs at all. But the issue for me is access. Yeah. In the U.S., there's one believer for every one and a half people. Mm -hmm. In India, there's one believer for every 18,000 people. You've yeah. seen that with your eyes. Yeah. I've seen it. And that is a reality check that most Americans, probably 98% of Americans, have never, ever experienced that kind of reality check. Yeah. Especially being from the South, where yeah. everyone you talk to is a Christian. <laughs> yep. You are from Birmingham, Alabama, mm -hmm. a church on every corner. I'm in North Carolina, a church on every corner. But even if you go to Michigan and out West, there's, there's access to the gospel here. Mm -hmm. We can know Jesus. He's not a foreign name. The Christian faith is not foreign yeah. to people. Yes, we are in what is considered a post-Christian uh, culture today in America, and yes, we need revival here. Yes, there are people far from God in America, but we're not talking about entire nations. Yeah. When we look at the beautiful country of India, we're talking about a billion people that have never held a Bible. Yeah, which is mind boggling. And you know, Jesus, we're following a savior that has said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Mm -hmm. And so in that context, ministry leaders really have to weigh out uh, their priorities. And 
what does it profit a hungry person if they get their belly full, but they don't know about Jesus? Yeah. Well, going back to hunger, the vast majority of the hungry people in the U.S., we do need to feed them. That's not my argument, but they know Jesus. Mm -hmm. They have access to hear about Jesus. What's worse is to be hungry and have no clue that God is an ever-present help in time of need. Yeah, I mean, we can't even comprehend that, but that is a reality for 3 billion people. Statistics show there's 7 billion alive on planet Earth, 4 have access, and that means 3 billion have no idea that God is an ever-present help in time of need. Yeah, In their need for hunger, they have no idea that God's an ever-present help in time of need. Their need for healing, no idea. Jesus, who Mm -hmm. is he? No idea. Ever held a Bible? Nope. Have no clue what you're talking about. And we can't even comprehend that, but that is a reality check for 3 billion with a B, capital B, 3 billion people. And it's not to say that God can't do things like through dreams or through visions or through random things. Um, It was like miraculous acts, but kind of going off what you're saying, like Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that everyone is called to go overseas and that's totally okay. It's not a um, bad thing, but considering that you and I are, um, and we know God can use people through certain ways and his certain callings. So I think... For me, knowing that that's what he's called me to, and every time I doubt it, he brings me right back to it. So um, I'm going to continue pursuing it and continue doing what I know he's called me to because, yes, we know that there are billions of people that have not heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Not to say he can't show them the gospel in just you know random mm-hmm. ways, but who's to say that God can't use us over there? Yeah. Which is the most important part about it is yeah. like, if we know that's what God's called us to, then we should pursue it. Yeah. I just want to challenge my brothers and sisters in Christ listening to this in the audience today. We don't serve a God that is either or. Mm-hmm. Either he can feed the hungry in the U.S. or he can give Jesus to the people yep. in the 1040 window. We serve a God that is both and. Yeah. He is the rich, most generous person in the world according to his word, and he lives inside of all of us. Mm -hmm. And so what he's looking for is availability. And you're right, not necessarily everyone is called to geographically go abroad, but we are all called to send Mm -hmm. and to be a part. And I just encourage everyone, what are you doing today to provide access for more people to hear about Jesus? And so, Hunter, you're one of my heroes because you are actively taking action on that, not just having the burden that believing everyone should have access, but you're actually taking action on that. So let's dive in to the red light district of Mumbai. So during the month of February, Global Hope India has been collecting $25 per grocery kit that would feed a woman. We're talking about a prostitute Mm -hmm. in the red light district of Mumbai and her children. So you've been there. Mm -hmm. You, when, when we talk about the women of the red light district, you're actually seeing faces in your mind, in your memory. Um, walk us through that. So just tell us about your, your, your team and what your outreach was on the days that you spent there in the out in the red light district. Yeah. So, um, I'm just gonna start talking about experience. The, um, you know, you can't, I can't describe this feeling, but I think the best thing I could say is a visual. And I think you probably said it before on this podcast is darkness. Mm-hmm. I never knew there was a weight to it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you can understand darkness because you can have all the lights off in your house. You can not see anything. You understand that. Yeah. But I've never felt it before. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the first place I had ever felt the darkness and like just the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Because to a lot of the people in there, there's no hope. They mm-hmm. see um, their day to day is selling their bodies mm-hmm. um, for money to provide for their children, provide for um, themselves. Mm-hmm. 
So I think for me, that was the hardest part about it was walking in there and understanding the fact that they don't have any hope. Mm. Their idea of hope is the fact that this next guy's coming in and he will give me money. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest part was walking down the aisles and seeing all these people knowing that that's what they were wanting and that what they were doing for their lives. Yeah. So Pastor Minaj, when talking to him about, you know, just his call and how God put on his heart to be there, mm -hmm. um, it's probably one of the coolest stories to me because, you know, he just randomly walked through it trying to use a shortcut to get somewhere and he found out that that's like where God was calling him. Mm -hmm. And so since then he has helped support the families, if that's with food, if that's with money, with that care, anything with, with childcare even. So it's been really cool to like know that Pastor Minaj is not, not so much um, neglecting the children that are there, mm -hmm. but he's pouring into the children because it's like Jesus always says, like bring the children yeah, and he'll help them. And so watching Pastor Minaj father those children essentially um, has been really just awesome and being able to be a part of that and helping him in any way we could while we were there was moving because again you feel the darkness but you see the light a little yeah. bit with pastor Minaj and how god's using him in that area i have a visual and it's pretty graphic and so it's 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 definitely pg mm -hmm. and uh so if your children are in the background you might want to turn down the volume just you mean for rated a minute. r but yeah, uh, rated R. Yeah, sorry, rated R. Uh, not graphic, but just I've been married 33 years. Mm -hmm. Shelly and I got married. We and as far as love and uh, marriage, we've lived the American dream, and we had a wonderful honeymoon, and we have had three beautiful children. And in that context, uh, sex, love is beautiful, and all of the ideal ways. When when I walk through the red light district of Mumbai. I see that beauty of what God's created thrown into a dumpster. Yep. And it's like men and women are literally dumping, jumping into the grimiest, ugliest, smelliest dumpster yep. possible, getting their physical fix and putting rupees on the table and walking out. Yep. And there's no love in that. It's just it's just sex it's just a physical fix and it, it is dark it's yeah. it's ugly it's it's pitiful yeah. and no woman there um signed on the dotted line this is exactly what i want out of my life yeah. but it's exactly the day that they have to live each and every day mm -hmm. and those two-year-olds uh, as a result sometimes are up under the bed while the business is happening in order to stay away from the drunkards that are coming after uh, their moms and uh, abusing them and mistreating them and treating them as if they're just a, a, a piece of meat and instead of a beautiful woman that God has created. So Pastor Minaj and the church there is going in with the truth. Um, we have to, Jesus is full of truth and grace. And so the outreach is definitely a demonstration of that. Yeah. And I, I think that is um, one of the hardest pictures to imagine was the fact that, you know, the kids are there mm -hmm. and they have to see it all. Yeah. But somehow there is hope in yeah. Christ. Like, because um, personally, uh, I don't know if I would have been able to be like Pastor Minaj walking there with, you know, humility mm -hmm. and just the hope that God has for that place. Because Pastor Minaj, I mean, grace by God has been able to see what that place is truly of. Mm -hmm. And it, it is it is death. It's a full area of just death and sin. Mm -hmm. But Pastor Naj knows that there's hope because mm -hmm. Jesus has hope for yeah. him and grace for all of them. Because Jesus hung out with prostitutes. Mm -hmm. He didn't for, He didn't put shame upon them. He didn't uh, look away from them, step away from them. Mm -hmm. uh, he hung out with them. 
Yeah. And so I think that is the best picture we have of what we should do in those areas is, is go into those areas, go hang out with people, love on them, show them who God is. Um, even if it's hard, Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to see it, even if you don't want to experience that, um, darkness or, um, hate even for the people who are going in there, not the women, but the, you know, people who are abusing the the females who are there Mm -hmm. and it's hard, but you know, Jesus gave us a great example in what he did for his ministry. So we should follow suit. Yeah. There's two things I want to describe for our audience. The first one is just the women, Mm -hmm. because it's easy to just imagine these women being evil and maybe even picturing them with satanic eyes and just, Mm -hmm. um, just, just the, the, the sense of demonic oppression, but there are people there that worship Jesus in that business. And they have trusted Jesus and called upon the name of the Lord for salvation. And our Bible says everyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm -hmm. And that includes a woman in the red light district of Mumbai. You met sisters in the Lord there. You Mm -hmm. could sense it in their spirit, in their joy of the Lord. They are in an unsurmountable condition of oppression, but, but they have the presence of God. Uh, in their life. And they are praying women. They're praying for their children. They don't like what they're having to live through and endure. They feel very trapped. They regularly befriend Pastor Minaj, just like you would befriend your own pastor Mm -hmm. in your own church. Um, They consider like if if there was a... uh, um, a death, they would call Pastor Minaj just like past, just like families in America would call their pastor yeah. whenever there's there's a need like that. You saw that, right? Yeah. Um, it was crazy. I mean, because my first time going there was two years ago um, mm-hmm. into the red light district and seeing just the fact that there are believers there took me out of my shell. I mean, took me out of my comfort zone at least yeah. um, with experiencing the fact that in my eyes, I'd always pictured, okay, if you're a prostitute, then you have to be against God. Like you mm-hmm. can't, be anything of God, but the fact is, um, we're all sinners. Yeah, and um, it's and a- let's not kid ourselves that there aren't Christians in the U.S. M- yep. myself included at times that live under bondage. Yep, and bondage is bondage. Yeah. whether it's red light district Mumbai bondage or whether it's insurmountable credit card debt or addictions to um, porn or whatever in yeah. the USA, you you can be driving the finest car, wearing mm-hmm. the finest clothes on wall street yep. and and be an incredible bondage i mean we're all sinners i mean and yeah. jesus says it's all equal in his eyes mm-hmm. so why are we looking down on women who are prostitutes yeah. more than a guy who is doing all of his time um trying to make money on wall street with neglecting his wife and neglecting his family i yeah. mean i see that just as equal now i mean i wouldn't have at the time and i don't think any of your listeners would at you know first thought be like okay that can't be equal like mm-hmm. she's obviously selling her body but Reality is it's all equal in the mm-hmm. eyes of God. So um, I think that was one thing I really had to pray through was trying to see it like God sees it, Yeah, where it's not different, it's equal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that there are sisters there. Um, yeah. And I mean, it kind of goes back to the thought of, if you have children, I mean, are you gonna do anything you can to provide for them? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to fully trust the Lord sometimes. And mm-hmm. so they don't see an out all the time with um, leaving that area and going somewhere else. Cause I mean, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. fearful. Um, and that doesn't make them less than than us, but it just means that they're having to go through a different situation than I would. Because mm-hmm. uh, luckily you and I, Kevin, come from families who provided for us growing up, yeah. who never had to think about 
their, our moms having to think about selling themselves to provide, to mm -hmm. get us food, to get us electricity, to a spot to stay. It's It, it feels hopeless sometimes for them. And it's hard because we know what God can do because we've experienced it, um, but it's just different. So yeah. it's it's um, it's not surprising that they are there are Christians in there. It's just, it's hard to view it from a, I think, a white American mindset where mm -hmm. we've had everything given to us by our families and by the Lord ultimately, but um, it's just a different view. Pastor Robert Murdu, uh, June the 14th, 2020, shared a message to Elevation Church, mm -hmm. and he talked about the categories that we put in sin, and we think that one sin is greater than the other sin. But he began to, God began to show him the the flavors of sin. Yeah. It's not that one sin is less than the other. It's it's just there's a variety of flavors, and we're all guilty. Yeah. And uh, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, yes, for every need for truth to confront the red light district, there's a Jesus that comes full of truth, but also full of grace. And Robert Madu said, uh, truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Mm. Um, and that really put things in perspective. The next vision I just want to create for our audience is those beautiful children. Um, because I want you to just walk in to one of the smallest rooms in your house and just envision it very dark. And all there is is a cot and maybe one table with a TV on it. And on top of that TV is a box of condoms. Yeah. And um, there are like three or four children in that little room with that woman. And that's where they live 24 seven. Uh, that's where they grow up. That's their playground. That's where where they have any sense of family time, yeah. any sleep time. And um, uh, most of this business happens after hours mm -hmm. in the dark. You don't see a whole lot of men pulling up during the day at two yeah. o'clock and going in. You see it after dark, uh, 8 p.m., all the way through probably 6, 7 a.m. at times. And many of them are intoxicated. They're coming in. They're getting their physical fix. They're going on their way. Uh, and the, the children are sleeping in and around all of that. Yep. And they didn't ask for this, but they love their mom and their mom sincerely loves them. And they're in a very ugly place, but they're beautiful children that God created and that Jesus dies for. What did the children I mean, of Mumbai leave in your heart? Yeah, I think um, those kids are having a sense of innocence taken from them. Like we were just talking about, it's not their fault, nothing that they've done, which is a hard thing. Thing to think about which is that kids at the age of one or two or i mean even before that when they're infants are experiencing what sex is, looks like mm -hmm. i mean because i wasn't exposed to that until i was a teenager and so these kids are having this level of innocence taken from them and they're and that becomes their normal they think that is how the world runs like that is what the world looks like for everyone which is their mom having sex with guys at night mm -hmm. but you wouldn't know it on the kid's face. I mean, the kids are the most joyful kids you'll ever talk to. They, mm -hmm. they light up whenever they do anything, when they just color, mm -hmm. they were excited when they're talking mm -hmm. to each other, they're excited. So even though they're having this level of innocence taken from them, I don't think they even realize it, which is kind of, I mean, not kind of sad, it's extremely sad, but it's also, I don't know, they're just some of the happiest children you'll ever meet with it um, being there. And you think that because they're in this slum area where um, they have a tarp over their house. Um, they're in some, uh, the bricks are kind of falling apart on their walls. All that stuff is happening. You expect them to be less joyful, but in reality, they are extremely happy where they are. And mm -hmm. it, I mean, going off a complete side note, which is kind of 
the thing that I think about a lot, which is um, we all want things. We all covet things. We all, we're gluttonous with what we buy. Mm-hmm. But looking at those kids and where they are, um, and not even just in the red light district, but in a lot of areas of India where they are um, less fortunate or what we consider to be less fortunate, mm-hmm. um, they are joyful. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that we don't need as much stuff as we have or what we buy mm-hmm. um, to have that sense of joy through the right. Lord. Because the Lord doesn't give us joy through items. He gives us joy through him mm-hmm. and him alone. So yeah. I'm sorry, that's a total side note. But Preach it, brother. Preach I think, it. I think that's something that we always forget and we yeah. always look over because we think um, the Lord's going to provide for us in items. Yeah. But in reality, the Lord provides for, um, through him and him yeah. alone, not just through the things he gives us. So 2020, global pandemic, COVID-19 is impacting India, just like the U.S. and countries all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been saddened at how little news has come out of India. But being Global Hope India, we are aware of in- incredible suffering that has happened in 2020. Yeah. Uh, one of the benefits or good news, if there is glimmer of light in the midst of this darkness, it's been that the business stopped in the red light yeah. district. We have walked through there. We've prayed with the women and we've actually walked as we there. I can't imagine taking American into the red light district and on their way out, them not praying, God, please do something, yeah. intervene, stop this deliver these women, deliver these beautiful children. And a very unusual series of events, business has come to a halt in the red light district. You have women there, Pastor Minaj has been on the show last week, and he talked about that they have no papers. They can't go anywhere. They They don't have another way to get daily provisions for them or for their their children here is an opportunity for pastor minaj and the church of the lord jesus there in mumbai to take them groceries and not just a provision of rice and dal and oil and uh things but to do so in the name of jesus to go in and make christ known in the midst of this and i I think really, what does that opportunity speak to you? Yeah, and I, I think it's honestly one of the coolest things that came out of 2020 with the coronavirus and um, everything shutting down um, is the fact that these women are finally being able to see the fact that God does provide. I mean, Pastor Minaj mm-hmm. isn't doing it through Pastor Minaj; he's doing it through the Lord. Um, yeah. And everything, everyone who's contributing twenty five dollars to get these women groceries is, I mean, generously working through the Lord because it's not their money. Everything mm-hmm. on this world is Christ and Christ alone. He gives us things so we can give it to others. Mm-hmm. So Pastor Naj getting money for these groceries is one of the coolest things because they're finally being able to see that fact that the Lord does provide even when there's no people coming to have sex with them all day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, he provides in the lowest of lows and the highest of highs. Mm-hmm. So I think finally them being able to see the fact that God is going to be there no matter what happens, no matter what is going to be around mm-hmm. in 2021, if it does open back up, if it doesn't, these women finally get to see the fact that their lives are not going to end and their kids will be provided for through the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. We're going to continue this campaign for the groceries in the red light district throughout the month of February. And I want you to close our show out in prayer, but I just want to challenge each and every one of us. Um, we can, we can come up with $25 for whatever we need to come up with $25. There's very few people in the U S and listening to this show that, that cannot come up with 25. There are people that could easily take their, 
monthly grocery budget, whatever that is in the U.S., and um, take care of their family, but then that same amount give so that that number of women and their families in India could be fed for a month yeah. in Jesus' name. I'm believing God for someone that can give $25,000 that we could take care of, of a lot of the families. Let's just pray for a miracle. We serve the God that fed the multitude there on the hillside. And, yeah, and he can definitely run into the red light district right now and let them know how much his authority and power can change things in yeah. their life. Will you pray for us? Absolutely. If you at home will bow your heads with me. Um, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for letting us come together just to um, talk about India and what you're doing over there. Uh, I pray for the red light district, Lord. Um, I pray for those families that are in that area that feel hopeless um, mm -hmm. in moments. I pray that you show them um, where they can find their true hope because nothing um, nothing we do on this earth can ever bring hope or um, trust. Uh, it could, but it can bring only momentary. And I know that you can bring forever hope and forever um, trust and forever love. Um, so I pray that you just continue to watch over those women and those children, Lord. I pray that you show the women that they don't need to sell their bodies to be provided for anymore because you are the ultimate provider. Um, it's like Kevin said, your fridge is full and it's ready to give out. Um, so I pray that you could just continue to provide for these um, grocery kits. Uh, I pray that you continue to provide for all the needs they have, not all the wants, but the needs um, for their children, for the wives, for everyone in India, everyone in the world, really, Lord. Um, you can do anything and everything. Um, and so I trust that you will provide for the um, people who are going through suffering from 2020 and COVID mm -hmm. um, and into 2021, because we don't know what's next. You do, Lord, and I pray that you just continue to watch over Pastor Minaj, mm -hmm. um, continue to give him wisdom in that area of the red light district mm -hmm. um, with what you would like for him to do with the provisions you provide um, and everything, Lord, that um, people at home are struggling with. I pray that you continue to watch over those issues and those things that are going on that they can't speak about or they are fearful to talk about um, or think about or just deal with, I pray that you just continue to give them hope and guidance. And you should mm -hmm. pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. Hunter, thank you. So globalhopeindia.org forward slash grocery. That's globalhopeindia.org forward slash grocery. Hunter, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. God bless you. This episode is complete. So head over to globalhopeindia.org for show notes, resources, and opportunities to go to India through GHI. Continue to be radically transformed by God as you live out the Great Commission. And we'll see you again next week here at Missions Change My Life. When the red light district in Mumbai, India closed due to COVID-19, it was a true answer to prayer. Unfortunately, the women who were forced into commercial sex work were left abandoned with no means to feed their children. This Valentine's Day, we invite you to share the love of Jesus with vulnerable women by giving them a month of groceries. Your generosity not only blesses the women, but allows the church to make Christ known. $25 provides groceries for a whole month. Give now at globalhopeindia.org grocery. That's globalhopeindia.org grocery. Happy Valentine's Day. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, 
ebook and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your family and friends for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with audacious generosity. Get your copy today.